I ain't never been the loudest in the room. The higher the volume, the more imminent the doom. Don't play yourself, kid. Play the system. The U.S. government, the largest walking contradiction. Listen, if you want to see impossible, then look at me. My DNA is cut exquisitely from the best of sheets. If I'm lying, I'm flying, and I'm ten toes solid on the same soil that my grandfather's was walking. Know your history. Welcome, friend, to Quantum Theory, a podcast solely focused on amplifying Black and Indigenous voices. And that's facts. And that's true. And that's facts. Let's go get them. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Look at us. Back in action. Back at it again. Yes. Our, Our sister act, Back in the Habit. No, I'm joking. Oh, don't get me started. I love it. <laughs> right? Oh, oh my gosh. I watched Karina Karina last night. <gasps> you watched Karina Karina last night? Oh my gosh. Absolute I watched, chills. I watched it as an adult because I haven't yes. watched it since I was a kid. Remember we were talking Ooh, about Whoopi? Go, go. No, okay, I don't even Please. know where to go. I didn't think about it. I mean, I thought about okay. it as I was sitting there, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. Now I know what Kellen's talking about. I see all the signs. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, it, it's so masterfully done. I didn't realize when I was younger. And then I was watching it later and I was like, this is a beautiful piece of art. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good movie. Very, yeah. very, very, very good movie. I mean, it's just as good as, even when I was a kid though, it's like I, I understood it to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But now that I, but it was still an amazing movie to like, I was, it was relatable, but like now yes. it's like, wow. You know, yeah. so it was all kind of warm emotions and it's a, it's just good from the start to the finish. It makes you laugh. It makes you angry a little bit, but oh not too gosh. seriously angry. And like, right. you know, yeah, we're used to that, but it's a very heartwarming movie. And I think Whoopi executed it perfectly because it was like, she just kind of remained true in herself. She knew what the boundaries were, but she decided to do her own thing anyway. And that little girl to sit there and be inspired by, um, you know, by her. Yeah. Very, 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 very good movie. Who's using the black crayon? <laughs> I know. No fair. My dad has a big beard. <laughs> She's not even doing it right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Molly That's being completely. Though. Yeah. Uh, like not obsessed. Well, yeah, I guess she became obsessed with Karina and then, you know, like her, it's funny or it's like cool watching the transformation of her just accepting this other woman. And at the exact same time, you see the adult components of like the racial, the racial stuff, you know, because it's set in like what the 1950s, 1960s. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, a black woman in a white family or, you know, I knew, I mean, it's like the mammy aspect, you know, and yeah. it's, I mean, even if you look at the help, I kind of caught that I was sitting back Ooh. on the couch and caught like the last end of the, the help. And it's like, that's way too common. And that was way too common, especially back then. All, thinking all the way back to slavery and then all the way back up to the 60s and probably even some of the 70s to where it's yeah. like white children looked up to the help as yeah. their own, like as their own mothers. And most yeah. of the time they were more of mothers than their actual mothers were. But then now if you look at Karina, Karina, it's kind of the same exact aspect in a different sense, of course, but it still has that kind of unfortunate underlining mammy undertone, you know, yeah. of the mammy undertone. Yeah. But, but yeah. Very Which good. they like, they like temper it by adding the love aspect between yeah. the dad and Karina. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yet the the outer context, you know, like Karina's sister, um, yeah. Miss Jennifer Lewis, uh, <laughs> uh, mother of Hollywood. Is it, what's her title? Isn't it? Mother of all mothers. I don't remember yeah. her. Yeah. Well, because her book is something. I think it's like the mother of Black Hollywood or mother of Hollywood, something like that. Because she literally has played everybody's mama and or auntie yeah. and or grandmother now with yeah. like grownish and blackish and all that stuff. Um, yeah, she was like snatched back in the day and in, 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 uh, in Karina Karina, a tiny she little- She was. Right? Honestly, that's probably the youngest that I've seen her. And then after that, Seriously. probably Fresh Prince. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So like all of her dialogue with her, the character sister, Karina, you know, it has that whole, you know, the mammy undertone of being like, girl, these white folks are going to act like you're a part of your family so they can overwork you and not pay you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's all the conversation that comes from the outside. And then even uh, uh, whatever that white lady's name, that Manny, uh, you know, the one that was like into him. Yeah. You know, she's like, oh, this it. must be your girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like, Katrina, can you do this? And like, yeah. you know, telling her what to do. Yet like the relationship, the relationship between Whoopi and Ray Liotta's character, you know, it's like love based. Mm-hmm. Yet all the all the outer context has exactly what you're talking about, which is like it's a trip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also definitely still a thing. I mean, I mean, I'm in Spokane Valley now, so I don't witness it. However, when I was back in New York in 2019, you know, I still saw the exact same thing. Yeah. Where it was like, you know, the the black often like Jamaican or Haitian, um, maybe Dominican uh guardian with the white children in the strollers walking around. Yeah, you know? but I see that to this day walking down the street and it's like Yeah, because you know, you're uh, over there now. You're in like a major metropolitan area. Yeah, and like there's a lot of Salvadorians kind of like it's mm-hmm. crazy. So it's like one end of like where I live is like a lot of shops. You can tell there's probably like maybe eight out of every 10 people are probably white on one side. And if you go on the other side, walk on like down the other street, it's just straight uh-huh. Salvadorians. Like wow. Salvadorians, probably maybe a few Mexicans. There aren't too many Mexicans here, but, um, but it's the same thing. Like I would see, you know, Hispanic with a group of white kids, one or two kids or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, picking up from school, you know, walking with them in the stroller. So it's all the same all the same aspect you know yeah yeah it's a trip i i absolutely love that movie plus it's always a like i don't know it kind of mind boggles people because of ray liotta how he usually plays like hardened criminals and mobsters yeah Yeah. i love like a it's like a a romantic movie and you know all the things Mm -hmm. um also as soon as you said the help i was like Ain't you tired, Miss Millie? <laughs> single, single snotty tear. Like, <laughs> you tired? That was such, oh my gosh. She cracked me up. She's like one of oh, my Viola. Oh, <laughs> iconic. And yeah, seriously, low, low key though, that's like, it's, that is like, uh, what do you call it? Like not an analogy. It's a, uh, I can't think of the word. Um, Basically, it's like it's a great show of just the frustrations that you often feel where it's like, dude, like all this white opposition and white obstinance, like, aren't you tired of these lies? Um, You know, the past administration and as many bold faced lies, even the current administration, all the bold faced lies that we receive, you know, it's just like, Mm -hmm. ain't you tired? (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> allegory. That's the word that I was looking for. Uh, it's 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 great visual allegory for so many of the situations that we experience in life today where I'm just like, girl, like you're sitting up here holding these facades and like trying to hold up these lies. Like, mm-hmm. ain't you tired? Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. He, he indeed was. <laughs> right. In all the ways. And then just heartbreak central when like, you know, the little girl was like crying. That, um, yeah, that part's so sad. It's so sad. And then you want, or at least I wonder how that little girl grew up because her formative years she received her love and attention from viola davis's character in the help and then she's like what maybe three or four when her racist hateful mom kicks the woman out of her house and so it's like the main loving character and main loving and protective force that she has in her life um, who spent every day telling her those affirmations like you you was kind you was important you was smart I believe. Um, yeah, he, he was, was smart. He was smart. He was important. Yeah. <laughs> like, remember what I told you, you know? And then, and I like, needed that. <laughs> yeah. Right, needed for, real. for real. That was, that was low-key for us as well. Uh, yeah, because like, and then that last moment where she's like, she's like, literally, this is probably my last moment with this young little girl to hopefully instill in her some value into herself. Like, remember what I tell you every day. And then she repeats it for her right there. One last time before she, before Viola Davis's character gets kicked out. Right. Yeah. Um, And I just think about the heartache that, you know, well, it's fictional, right? I mean, I'm sure it's based on a lot of like real life experiences. However, you know, it's just like that, that moment of that person who has been taking care of this young soul and doing everything in their power to try to, you know, make sure that this is a good human being. And then, yeah, for her to get kicked out at such a, at, at a pivotal point in this person's life. And then it's just like, I am covering you in prayer and hoping that these things I've showed you every day will carry through because you are in a hateful environment. Yes. And chances are you can possibly come out a hateful person because of your environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <sighs> That was, that was a tough. Don't leave, Amy. <laughs> oh my God, this is and then cry. even on Karina, Karina, she's sitting there blowing the lights. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, those are those are sad scenes. But it's like, oh man, and God. it goes to show that children really just don't see color, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of world we wish we were in now not that we would want colored blindness don't get me wrong that's a whole nother side that's a of whole. Like just in layman terms of just yeah. accepting one another and just having yes. that love you know and but that mean the harsh realities is that there's so the parents really do create hatred within children and even in karina karina when she turned she's like i'm a nigger lover and she meant it in the mm-hmm. most positive way you yep. know that little girl that's her first time realizing probably that she's black you know to where and maybe not even especially living in a black neighborhood but those are some of those those moments to where kids really you know they don't they don't really think of anything until they're put yeah. in positions of hate that they realize that hey there's this divide that i have to get to understand as i get older you know yeah well that's super interesting too how they come across that like how molly the little girl learns the term nigger lover because you know she's out to dinner with her dad Mm -hmm. and karina 
and then somebody mistakes Karina for one of the service people within the restaurant and it causes this whole ruckus. And then Molly's there at the table and then she hears this hatred coming from another table being like, oh, there goes another nigger lover, you know, talking about her and her dad. So then that's her first time coming into contact with this term. So she's like, well, I love Karina. Exactly. Um, the only word she understands is love. And the, and the only right. person they were pointing it to was them. So it's like she has this basic knowledge of what love is supposed to be. And it's the complete opposite, you know? Yeah. So then when she goes to express that with her young contemporary, her friend, Karina's young niece, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, she gives her a hug. She's her best friend. And she's like, I'm a nigger lover. And then the little girl knows the other part of that. She's the like, ugly. she's like, ugly. I don't know what it means, but. I know that it's wrong and that's a mean thing to say, Molly. Like she yeah. was just like, you know what I mean, but yet she still consoles her when someone, but she knew that she knew she knew that Molly felt was, was, was wrong, you know, just based on her face. She's like, I don't know what this means either, but I just know that I love you. And it's like, yeah. dang, you know, that took a lot yeah. for her to sit there and kind of, you know, cause what did the little boy say? <laughs> so as soon as she he says just, that, the, the black girl was like, no, and he goes, he turns around, he says, you green, go macaroni face looking but then he just goes off on her he goes off on her he snaps and she goes no she's not she's my best friend uh, yeah. oh my gosh yeah like, All right. oh, he went off on her that little he boy did. went off for no reason <laughs> He, he said the raisins and the macaroni. That's what he really bet. He said, don't bring that foolishness. But you called that. me a donkey. Yeah. Not, not donkey. Oh, man. Yeah, that's a really good movie. And, yeah. the and, then, and then the palpable the tension. The, the palpable oh, yeah. tension that you talk about between these two mm-hmm. friends. Because, you know, Molly's trying to express her love for her black friend saying, hey, I'm a nigger lover. And then her black friend being like, you just called me a nigger. That's not a good thing. And then them both understanding like, well, we don't fully comprehend what's going on. Like we love each other so much. Yeah, I, I offended you. I didn't mean to. What does this mean? And then that third party, the boy comes in and he pops off on Molly. So then the girl like turns around and she goes, no, she's not. She's my best friend, you know? So then even though Molly just offended her like 15 seconds prior, then she stood up for her. And then they sit there and they have this super awkward embrace where they're literally holding each other, yet they don't feel the best towards each other because they're confused, yet they know that they love each other. That's why I'm like, this thing is so masterful. It is in every yeah. scene. And the music, like all of it. Mm-hmm. all of it. it it's a beautiful and then just all the subtext you know again like i, I mentioned the four-year thing yet there's so many of those moments um oh yeah we're like even karina like waxes like beautiful poetic lines you know mm-hmm. and then the guy's like oh who wrote that and she's like i did mm-hmm. i'm a poet you know like i can write down Um, or how she's like you know they only let us sing the music they only let us perform about perform it they don't let us write about it you know boom yeah all all the subtext is like it's a a beautiful show thank you so much for (laughs) saying that that literally gave me chills i got so you brought up whoopee and i was like oh i gotta tell kellen i watched this last night (laughs) me and my mom broke out the dvd player and we're like (laughs) so good oh my gosh i freaking love it uh random aside yeah also very much in there 
Uh, have you ever seen Just Mercy with uh, Jamie Foxx? Yeah. So I watched that in theaters uh, at Lewiston. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I think of Abby at the end of Help, how like the little girl, you know, is deserted. Abby's like crying. Um, and also just like, um, her, yeah, her how she was like trying to cover that little girl in love and protection and um, how much of that heartbreak that she experienced having to be kicked out of that house. Um, just like processing that. Anyways, I bring up Just Mercy because at the end of Just Mercy, when they show the actual clips and then um, and then there's like at the end where, where there's like the vindication and the people like there's like the women in his family are like wailing and bawling. Um, that like literally shook my soul. And at the like after after the movie, after the credits, because it was like during the end credits when that happened. I sat in the theaters and I cried for like five, seven minutes straight. Oh, uh, the, um, the, the, the actual. Yeah. It's so funny because I was just watching a documentary yesterday and it was talk, it was interviewing the guy and it was interviewing the lawyer too. And it wasn't about them necessarily. It was, it was on about Tulsa, but mm. um, they were, Oh no, was it Tulsa? No. I'm sorry. It was um, Soul of a Nation on Hulu. Oh, oh okay, okay. So I'm still going through each of those, but they each have, there's each, there's different episodes of like basically for us, by us, what we're going through, but our excellence as well. And so that was mm -hmm. one of them too. And I seen the actual guy um, and they showed that scene too. And he was just watching it and he just started crying and he was oh, just like, gosh. I promised my mom I was going to see her again, but she, you know, we're going to see each other again, even though he had the death penalty yeah. and um, she just, you know, she went as long as she could and she couldn't, yeah. couldn't hold thing in there. But um, yeah. yeah, sorry. I just, re I, no. I, I just, re I just put, I put that together when you're talking about the wailing. So I was going through the yeah. whole thing and I was like, wait, what? And then I remembered at the end, there's yeah. a very emotional scene to where it shows him walking out of the court building yes so that that very scene and and then those tears and those literal wails and cries uh and the reason why it really shook my soul is because i was like these are the same tears that the women in my communities and my ancestral lines have been crying for well for for centuries you know um being ripped away from the african continent um going through all of the atrocities here in american captivity and forced um labor and then even on our our native side you know um thinking of all those tears of of gunshots of of august 9th 1877 when um, you know, civilians in the U.S. Army literally attacked our nest per sleeping village at the crack of dawn and the order was to sleep or to shoot low in the tents. You know, these are fatal shots um, and to be woken up with your family being attacked and murdered. You know, like I think of these tears and these wails. Um, and so, yeah, like it was so visceral in that moment. And then it was just like, it, it really just like popped in my head. I was like, these are the exact same tears and cries um, of, you know, mothers being separated from their children and all the things like uh, that have just like carried on through the generations. And I could not stop crying. Uh, yeah, it just like, it, it literally shook me. Um, so yeah, even with the example of AB and the help, you know, like even if it is fictional, I'm like still like there have been so many people who have gone through that experience, you know, uh, and like that emotion, 
is one very real and two it's just like how it has been in existence for so long and passed down uh like into us for so long uh so yeah hearing it it just like it awoke it in my body and i was just shook it shook it <laughs> that's a new one <laughs> yeah yeah it's a lot and like that was one thing that he said too that the guy he was just like people out here keep you know keep amplifying their voices as though as this system is broken they're fighting for a system because they feel like it's broken but he's like one thing that they don't realize is that it's functioning the way exactly the way they meant yeah. for it to be functioning the system yeah. was never broken it would just never apply to us yeah you know as much as people want to believe that and it's like yeah you can get into the finer details of things but at the end of the day none of these amendments none of these laws really applied for us and within our benefit you know and that's what i kind of think of in terms of decolonizing is like you can't decolonize something that was meant to be colonized you know yeah. all you can do is reclaim <clears throat> now in terms of reparations you know that's a whole nother story to where yeah i think we're owed very 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 much of what we're not receiving but i feel like that's why it's important for kind of for us to reclaim and establish our own um, our own, you know, for us, by us, as opposed to trying to, I mean, obviously the system controls us, you know, the government controls us, but at the same time, it's like, we have to figure out a way to do it to where, um, we're not putting ourselves in too much danger. I mean, if that's making sense, but like not, we, I think it is very important for us to kind of, um, come together and create something for ourselves because the system is, was meant to work against us. And if we can get some leeway to where it loosens up on us then yeah, of course, that's exactly what we want. And we, but I don't feel like we need to make that the whole fight. How do we take the back door? You know, yeah, that's, it's, it's okay to have that in the forefront to work on that. But yeah, let's build our own back door to where we don't have to rely on as many people to get the job done. But yeah, well, the, the hard part about that, too, is is the literal backlash in like every moment that we are able to find progress in, you know, through struggle and fight and continued persistent action. Um, there's always backlash. You know, yeah, I, I just got yeah. done watching the three-part series on HBO about uh, Barack uh, in pursuit oh, of the Union. My, I started watching that. I think okay. I'm only like, but my internet like tweaked out when I originally oh, no. started watching it. And so like, I, I don't even know if I finished the first one or maybe I'm on a second one. But okay, Yeah, they're, so they're great. You finished yeah. all of them? Uh, I, I just finished the third one. Loki, I probably have to go back and, and rewatch it because I did doze off during some of it. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that main point being like, you know, every, everything that we do, there's always a backlash. And we've witnessed that, you know, with our 2016 election, you know, after yeah. our, our first black president, then it's like the major backlash uh, that comes with it. Well, I mean, uh, even this year, January 6th, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. That, that was the point I was getting to. You know? so it's like, yes. yes. There's, there's that was this year. Yes. This oh, my year. gosh. Ugh. I'm. <laughs> it's not on our side, unfortunately, because nothing's changing as quick as it needs to be. But, yeah. I mean, I don't want to shoot down anybody who is making change by all means. I'm saying it's yeah. I hate that there's even roadblocks. I guess that's where yeah. my kind of being pushed towards. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. So that, that's what I was getting to. Um, well, one, the January 6th, how we saw that yet. Uh, uh, that's the other part about it is like, there's always danger involved with our quote unquote decolonization or quote unquote challenging the system, you know, where even in our action, um, we have to be very calculated because again, the system is designed one against us and two, the practice um, already villainizes us to where uh you know our lives are expendable in a way that other lives aren't you know and again or and that was a point with like getting to january 6th you know where we see a completely um violent and unruly expression of whatever sentiment these people want to say that they carried at that time uh yet we all know how the tables would turn if the demographics were any different and and the actions were the same you know just absolutely knowing that the actions could never be the same uh with the exact same result that we saw um you know that that's that's the crazy part about this whole like decolonization or how how do we make change how can we separate from the system how can we re establish for or how can we establish forms of of great governance and, and equity for ourselves. You know, there's that element of danger and mortality that's always tied to it, which is just like the eye roll of life. Yeah. I was happy about January 6th, to be honest, because I yeah, was tell me about it. Go. my feet kicked up on my counter, you know, <laughs> watching these white people act a hot mess. And I was oh mad. And the gosh. funny thing is, everybody was texting me, Michaela, don't go up there. Okay. I had people even sending me oh money here. Just stay yeah. home. And I'm like, all right, y'all, I'm not going anywhere. Like, I'm perfectly comfortable with them looking foolish on TV. That's exactly what we want. You know what I mean? This is a yep. this is a fight that has nothing to do with us that we don't need, and it goes to show our point. And what oh happened? Gosh. We showed our point. I don't say we showed our point, but they, you know, they they spoke for themselves. The country saw it, and, the, yes. and everybody was disgraced by their actions. Raise fist, high voltage sign. Alexa, volume one. <laughs> girl, all up in here, just all up in the recording. Yeah, girl, didn't nobody ask you for nothing? Well, I'm not hearing it again. Otherwise, you'll pop up. Um, Amazon person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> she said raise fists as I, I was know. talking. Like, okay, we know what color Siri is. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Siri is low key. Yeah, uh, well, on my phone, I have the raise fist on, on, on my, you know how you can like title your own phone um, oh yeah but yeah i put the raised fist on the end of my name so yeah that's that's okay. the uh put the respect on my name that i yeah. literally put in an emoji form and then uh the amazon person uh has to say it every time she connects to my phone i love uh, it I yeah, love it. A, a solid so much power. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, well, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, Sorry, no, 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 no. That was Siri. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, well, I was trying to find it real quick. Uh, I'm just going to try to quote it randomly. Yeah. Uh, a tweet on that day that one of my friends like put up that I retweeted was like, just like imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, white people realizing how dangerous white people are is a plot twist I didn't see coming, you know, because it's yeah. just like, yeah, it was the actual show of like how dangerous and volatile and violent these people can be and unruly um, mm -hmm. beyond measure over a farce, over over falsehoods, you know, exactly. 
Um, that was one of the literally things, the like, plot well, twist of life. Yeah, that's the thing is, but there, a lot of them were saying, well, Biden didn't win, the election is rigged. And it's like, this is the, the, the system you pride yourself on so much. And then as soon as it doesn't go your way, all of a sudden everything's a lie everything's a joke and like it's just like so that was something i was happy to see and then as they were you know marking them as terror terrorists i was like yes another one yes another one like as they were coming through with these names and i'm just like yeah i mean you don't need to talk about it too much because it's obvious if any person that was even a shade darker was in there Mm -hmm. you know all of a sudden we would be locked up, killed, spray gas. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Did you see the one tweet where like the people were inside and it was like the one black guy among the group of people <laughs> no, trying to like decide? <laughs> right, exactly. Not all skin folk or kin folk. Exactly. exactly. And, and there was the one that was in there and it was so funny because then it was like these group of men and they're trying to decide, well, we should go here and we should go here. And then like the black guy kept being silenced and it was like, girl, look at like here you exactly. are thinking you're one of quote unquote them and you're mm-hmm. in their company and this and that. And even here, they're still shutting you up. They're still letting you know you are below us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why are you there? Uh, that's that's a lot that some people don't realize it's like you don't realize how much you're just a token you know you're a diversity hire you know what i'm saying and i say that in all senses like whether it's a friend group whether it's an office or professional space whether it is a country club it doesn't matter if you realize you're the only one that looks like you you need to wake up and pay attention as to why you're even in that room you know what i mean you better wake up and pay attention Look at you with the callback to Sister Act back in the habit. And I was just naturally ingrained in my head. Right? Oh my gosh. If you can weave in uh, Mr. Postman, I'll be so impressed. You know I'm playing? Or any part of like... (laughs) I love that whole act in the beginning. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Uh, And then, yeah, Jennifer Lewis in there as well. um, As one of the backup singers. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. I never noticed that. Come and I was on, just saying I, that to my mom. I'm like, it's crazy thinking about Whoopi now and Whoopi then. Like, it's mm-hmm. two completely different Whoopies. Oh, you sure know? enough. But she does so great at, like, everything that she does. Yeah. She's iconic. Yeah. She she <laughs> deserves her flowers and then some. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, coming full circle, uh, yes. I guess. To what we were I can't remember what it was. I but. can't either. But I was just going to say, oh, yeah. we're talking about like, okay, how do we, how do, how do we work the system? How do we use the system mm. for our benefit? And I think that's one thing about you know being native that I love so much, but can be disheartening <laughs> at sometimes. Is that we like, is that we like having our own reservation in our own, you know, kind of form of government in terms of. Um, you know, making decisions for us and by us. Yeah. Are we always proud of all those decisions? Not necessarily, but I think I'm very, you know, at least I am proud enough to say that we do have our own community and we yeah. do have those, you know, that kind of, well, sometimes it's a dictatorship. Sometimes it might feel like a democracy, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's ours, you know, whatever yeah. it is, it's ours and no other race or, you know, can say that, or, you know, no other place within this, this country can say that they kind of have their own communities like that. Even yeah. if the projects or the ghettos, who's really controlling, controlling those all the way back to the, like the crack epidemic or mm-hmm. whatever, or, you know, placing and at most black communities, there's either a liquor store or a chicken, chicken store right yeah. on every corner. You know what I'm saying? So it's the, still the loan payment places too are like check cashing exactly. places with the, with the high interest rates yeah 
And it's all in there on purpose to keep continue to break our community and keep us poor, you know, but with the native communities, we have X amount of control. And I think that's why it bothers me sometimes when I under, when I find out, okay, well, white people own this land over here, white people own this land over here on our land. And it's like, why is our tribe even loaning out to them? You know, why, why wouldn't you want to keep it within the community? Why wouldn't you want to help entrepreneurs, you know, start their own establishments and businesses to create even opportunity for our own. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of thing that needs little kinks, big kinks within our yeah. um, our res communities and tribal communities that can be worked out. But the thing is that they can be, you know, and yeah. I think I find comfort in that. It just takes takes the right people to bring that out. You know, I would yeah. love to have my own greenwood, you know, native greenwood and you know on my res full I want a native Wall Street. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I want our, our our communities to be thriving in that way. And I think we can get there, but um, it's going to take some time. But I find pride enough that, hey, this is, you know, we can be left alone if that's what we choose. You know, this is our community and our people, you know. Yeah. A lot of power in that. This takes the right people, I guess, to pull it out. Oh, for sure. You know, um, hopefully just like super praying on a young revolution. I told uh, one of my cousins, uh, when she was 12, I was like, in six years, like you and all your classmates can literally take over. Uh, and, you know, looking to our left and our right, remembering that some of our cousins aren't even enrolled because of how we hold up uh, our enrollment processes. And then all these other things that we talk about uh, that we have our quote unquote tribal sovereignty uh, where we can um, govern ourselves and we can make these choices yet, you know, we're still operating in these very colonial systems uh, and ones that exclude our own people. And so, yeah, I'm just like praying for the young revolution of like kids coming in and being like, you know what? F this, like, let's go. Um, yeah. and especially as it comes down to quantum, I almost said quantum theory, I know you did. <laughs> Uh, which, you know, that's where our, the, the title comes from, you know, uh, blood quantum and all of our theories and just the discussion about all of it, how blood quantum itself, like people fail to realize I failed to realize until the second half of 2019 that um, the land that we hold in our reservation, the land that we're so proud of, uh, it's held in government trust through these treaties, uh, which means that, yes, it's hours yet the government holds it so it's like a parent giving a child money yet holding it in their own bank account and yeah. saying what can be done with it you know uh and so then the government saying as long as you are our child then yes you get to hold this land in trust yet the second that we cease to be our nest purse nation or you know the child of the government so like once blood quantum the mathematical equation erases our people and our inheritance levels. Once we zero out, we lose our land. So it's not like our, our reservation and our literal natural homelands that we hold so tight to are literally like are guaranteed to be ours because we are upholding the system that is working to literally get rid of us. Cause once it gets rid of us, then the land returns back to the U S government. You know, so that's yeah. kind of the crazy thing, too. And I honestly did not put that together until a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, where it's like, oh, yeah, like once our tribe goes out, uh, then we lose that yeah. we lose our reservation. So we are literally supporting the system that is taking away the land, the little bit of land that we still have left away from us. Uh, yeah. We're upholding it. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, it's ridiculous. And you can see it. What's funny is I, I, uh, I was talking to my little sister about this, about how, um, how on a lot of tribes, in a lot of tribes, like you can't inherit the land uh, of your family if you're not enrolled or if you don't live on the reservation. You know, so like once your family passes away, you don't you don't automatically receive that land. And so there's there's people in our family, um, again, who aren't enrolled. And and then uh, like so anyways, we're my sister and I were talking. We're having this conversation how like you can literally lose your your stake, your 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 homeland that you and your family have known for, you know, your whole life. Um, It can just go away as soon as somebody passes away. Anyways, fast forward two hours from that conversation and my grandma talked about uh, somebody passing away and then how the the family couldn't inherit. And my sister looked at me and I looked at her and I was like, see, just like that, a whole chunk of land was dispossessed from us um, because of blood quantum and and our tribal uh, rules and, and regulations on how land is distributed because it's all still governed in a way that really benefits uh, the federal government over our own people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what sucks is like this fight that we're taking. And even though I say, yeah, it takes, it takes change makers to kind of throw themselves out there and bite the bullet. But at the end of the day, all that we're doing is we're undoing these systematic races, the systematic racism that is ingrained within these laws that shouldn't even be laws in the first place. You know what I mean? And it's all based off of white capitalism to where they just came, took, made these laws. And we, now we have to spend the rest of our lives and our kids and our next generation and our grandkids. They, they all have to, they're all working to undo these lies that should have never been formatted in the first place, just based off of greed. Who said they had to be in charge? You know what I'm saying? Who Nobody yeah. put you in charge. You just came over and took that over. So how do we come through and take over what we need to take over? You know, yeah. so these are a lot of questions that we have to ask, but it's just the, so the system is just so sick with white capitalism that that's 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 our job for probably who knows how long is just undoing yeah. these laws that should have never been set in place anyway it's like they're yeah. so, so far gone it's been however many years mm-hmm. <laughs> you know to mm-hmm. where you know we, we that's all that we can do right now is trying to undo these laws but that was never our job in the first place yeah so yeah it's that it, it's a major you know for lack of a better word or just the effort to put in a better word like a mind fuck um how we are literally just living the exact same thing that our ancestors did just in a different iteration you uh-huh. know it's just it's an evolved practice they suffered at the hands of uh, a foreign government and a foreign body of people coming in and extracting their land for its resources and their bodies for free labor. Mm-hmm. And it's the exact same thing today. You know, yeah. uh, it's just in these different ways. Uh, I saw that there's the huge oil spill that's happening in Southern California right now, like around Hunting- Huntington Beach, you know, where beaches are going to be closed down for the next few months. They're saying that over the next few months, they don't even know. They can't even measure the effects for like the next few months it just has to happen like animals species people just have to like suffer and die um over this period of time uh 
because nothing can happen, you know, basically like how we're experiencing with COVID, you know, it's like, it's just, it's happening and, and we can't measure it in real time. We have to wait for time to be able to really measure it. Um, and that oil spill comes from a Texas oil company, you know, and I just mentioned last week how, again, like it's the Texas oil company that's also uh, getting the pro bono work from the major law firm that's trying to roll back tribal, tribal sovereignty um, and tribal claims in order to expand their uh, their oil production and, and, you know, all their greediness, uh, yeah. again, for lack of a better term yet, you know, it's just like, we're still living the exact same thing. Uh, it's just in greater iterations where people are, um, trying to take from us mm-hmm. and it's all in an effort to expand their own empire, to extract from the natural resources, uh, and hopefully to, uh, disavow us to any claim that we have even to our own humanity Mm -hmm. Uh, it's just in a new way yeah which have you seen the like the gold rush shows on like Mm -hmm. a and e or anything no you know (laughs) like I'm, i'm very critical about the media that i intake right Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was spending time, uh, with a family member and they enjoy these gold rush shows. Um, and they're, they're shows that are current present day and they're following different families that go and they buy major areas and they're just looking for gold. Um, yeah, it's done on a scale that is ridiculous, you know, with like huge machinery, huge plots of land, um, you know, explosives, uh, bringing in water systems from other places. So, you know, like, oh, there's a there's a, a lake on top of that mountain over there. So if we build a thing, then we can get the water from over there to bring it over to our plot of land in order to process through the rock and rubble to find gold. Um, it's just expanded, you know? And I was so disgusted sitting there watching that show with a family member. Cause I was like, I looked over and I literally commented. I was like, you realize that it was the gold rush that initiated the removal of our ancestors from our traditional homelands. Mm-hmm. Like that was the literal thing that like within the Wallawa area in Oregon, like once they discovered gold over in our lands, boom, we were out within time, you know? Yeah. Uh, then the treaties happen, ooh, get, get them out of here. They gotta go. Uh, and then, then the actual forcible removal being like, you know what, uh, low key, we just need y'all to leave in the next 30 days. And if you don't, we're just gonna come through and we're gonna kill all of you. Mm-hmm. Like it was the actual forcible thing that has caused so much of the stuff that we are experiencing here today. And yet yeah. you're sitting here being entertained by this very thing. And it's expanded upon where it's not just like these like little guys with like uh, a thing in their hands shaking for gold in a river stream. No, they have huge machinery. They're buying huge plots of land from people. Um, and there's competing families uh, that have been doing this for generations. I'm like, it is the same fucking thing right here. And right now they've just moved it up into Alaska, into Canada, uh, into more Northern territories. It's just pushed further Westward. Uh, it's the exact same thing. Uh, Have you seen into the West yet? 
that is that a tv show you need to watch it yeah well i mean this was put out i think like i don't even know maybe like 2005 don't quote me on that but it's on it's on youtube there's six parts if you type in into the west part one watch and then start from there it's a very very good show okay Um, i think it was on tnt years ago but one of the scene that was one of the things was in one of the episodes because they're each like movies so there's six parts and it's like an hour and a half okay i think i remember this very very good show i like it but anyway the one the thunderheart woman she's like the main character and um someone brings in like this huge slab of gold because the gold rush was coming and it was like her husband at the time and he goes and he's like okay well you know this is what i'm gonna do this is a big thing so then he finds this huge piece of gold this is guy a spoiler spoiler alert but um, cool. <laughs> brings in this huge like rock-sized piece of gold him and his friend or cousin or whoever he is and she goes you need to get this out of here this is a bad sign and she's native they're white yeah. and so he's like you don't know what you're talking about like this is a big deal so then the guy tries to steal the big rock and it's like well this is mine this is my fine you can't keep it all so he runs off they ended up both drowning um trying to fight over the thing but i mean it's it it's obvious but it's so subliminal in a sense where it's just right in your face to where it's like this is where our country is going this is where you know this is where it's going this is the start of it going wrong you know what i mean greed and and money and just being money hungry and how much it really just controls the world and takes out who it needs to obviously being natives and um very good show but but yeah, so it made me think of that scene when you talked about <laughs> the gold rush. And I'm like, dang, yeah. Yeah, that makes all That's the sense. <laughs> right? I got the uh, the visual of like, again, I might lose you, um, of like uh, when Smeagol in Lord of the Rings finds the ring for the yeah. first time. And then like him That's and like his friend, like, thing. yeah, they like fight over it. And then Smeagol yeah. like literally kills his friend over it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, loses his soul to that gold ring. Exactly. And what's the bottom, what's the common denominator? Oh. No. (laughs) You said gold. (laughs) Oh, I, I, okay. Um, The white. uh, Green? (laughs) Evil? It's white Um, people. I mean, none of it. And I was literally talking to my, I get everybody's gonna be like, you only talk to your mom, Michaela. But I was just talking to my mom yesterday. (laughs) And 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 we had, had this same conversation to where it was like um like black and brown people it's only white well gosh i swear everybody's gonna think i am just this this anti-white part, but it's just so it's so it's like we as a people black and brown people we were always seen as a collective we never we never we never had though that mindset of greed and you know and selfishness and you know that was never a part of us yeah you know, and so I think that's where a lot of things need to start. And that's where I think a lot of people need to understand where a lot of this has started. You know, that that was never that was never a part of our, you know, characteristics just as groups of people yeah. you know, until white capitalism kind of came into the picture. Yeah. But well, yeah, thank you for bringing that up, uh, because then, too, it, it even with, you know, this is one step in the the many that both you and I are taking in changing our world and creating something better uh, for not only ourselves and the people around us. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. For future generations. Right. And I know for me specifically, I think of like, you know, the major goal of 
uh, you know, getting millions upon millions of dollars and buying and dispossessing all the people from my natural homelands uh, mm-hmm. who took it over, you yeah. know, yet at the exact same time, I'm like, oh, this is another function of capitalism, you know, where like it's it's me using capitalism, this like evil and individualistic thing. Um, like it's, it's necessary in order to do the things that I want to do. Uh, and so then I have like a, a crazy time, like reconciling, like, well, how, how does one go about this and how does one not contribute to the problem while also having to use the tool in a sense, in order to get some of the greater things that, you know, I want to accomplish accomplished. It's, yeah. No, it's weird. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like the ring itself. It's like, oh, I want to use I want to use the ring for good. You know, I want to use the power of the ring in order to destroy this other thing, in order to protect my entities, in order to make things better for others. Yet then it's also at the exact same time, it's the evil ring, you know. Well, uh, that's the thing is I think people affiliate capitalism as a bad thing and obviously the histories that go so far deep within capitalism they didn't have a good start but at the end of the day it is 2021 this is how our world moves Mm -hmm. um and it doesn't have to be a bad thing i don't think capitalism is a bad thing i think how you go about it is can be can be negative it comes down to the person who is not everybody can control nobody not everybody can be a good person of power you know, not a lot of people do mm-hmm. good with power. And I think just being that, you know, coming from a community and a group of people that look out for each other, capitalism isn't a bad thing whatsoever, as long as you know how to um, how to use it, I guess. Like, obviously, we want to be able to provide more and create opportunities yeah. and just establish ourselves to be something, you know, that we, we, that we've always been, we've always been, we've always been very talented group of people, but the reality of the situation is living in this world, we need money. Unfortunately, if if it was up to me and we didn't need money and we can live perfectly, you know, my family's straight. I have everything I want. My family has everything that they want. My friends are like the last person, you know what I mean? Like if I could have anything that I wanted and I didn't need money, you know, and we can function within our own reservation, within our own country as a unified group of people. There's no problems. There's no racism. You know, there's no starvation. There's no poverty. There's no hunger. Great. Mm. I don't need a dime, but that's unfortunately, that's a fairy tale at this point. So it's like, um, it's, it's who's in those behind those positions of power. You know what I'm saying? We define these words every time, you know, as we grow up, we learn more and more words. We learn new words every day and you put your own definite definition on them. We decide what that word means. And I think it's the same thing with capitalism. It's like, we can sit there and define it as something negative um, just because somebody else's interpretation and, and definition is negative, but it doesn't have to be my definition. It doesn't have to be my interpretation. You know what I mean? So I can definitely see both sides of the coin to where just as many things in our lives as black and brown people don't originate in the most positive light and the positive aspect. But that's what I'm saying. We need to learn to reclaim and to put our own definitions and recreate things that best suit us. And I think we can Mm -hmm. do that by redefining what capitalism is for us. You know, Mm -hmm. I think the only part, the hard part is the influence of those people who have positions of power and do um, engage with capitalism influencing our, 
you know, our motives and our projects of capitalism as well. And I think being able to intertwine those can be something negative, but at the same time, you control where your money goes. And, um, you know, we were never taught how to handle money. We were never because they didn't want us to. So those are some, some of the things and definitions we have to begin to start to change, not only for ourselves, but for future generations as well about what these words mean and what they mean to us first and foremost, you know? If yeah. any of that kind of flowed, yeah. it needs. No, to. it, def- it definitely but, does. Because I mean, I get it. I get both sides of the coin, you know, to where it's like, yeah, it has yeah. negative roots, but at the same time, it doesn't have to be negative when it comes to us. You know what I mean? We're not them. We're never going to be them. So yeah. don't categorize yourself as them. You know, yeah. you need to get yours and make sure that your family and your community is straight as well, but yeah. um, in the best means of, as possible, you know? Yeah. I think the added part about that, that really serves as a hiccup for me because I get exactly what you're saying um, is the environmental portion of it, because uh, in some way the environment suffers uh, with increased production or increased whatever it may be, you know, and as native people um, and as stewards of the land, um, how to mitigate that as well, you know, that additional factor um, where I think of, you know, like, oh, yeah, like I could set up this business uh, and set up, you know, this whatever and employ all these people. And then, you know, we can gentrify ourselves and we can increase our own um, capital within our with our own community and have a, a greater buying and spending power to do these other things. Yet then I also get concerned about what are the environmental impacts that I'm having in growth and in expansion um, tied to these things that I want to do, because again, um, that's the other part is not only getting the things done by way of money and power, yet also still being a great steward of the land that we owe our entire lives to, you know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's like the weird part for me. It's like moral and ethics, community culture that all comes first. You know what I mean? I think at the end of the day, when it comes about money and power, I think that comes the, the, the most, the people who deserve it, it comes to them without them having to try to get it. If that makes sense to where it's like, you're so knowledgeable about, you're just so knowledgeable as a person, all of those are kind of just kind of form in the terms of royalties because of your morals, your ethics and your importance of culture. You know what I mean? So it's just natural that that's something that you're going to put it towards. I think when it comes to greed, that's a whole nother aspect. Yeah. You know, the money, the power, the greed, that that's all that, you know, that change that that's, that's what, that's what creates the people that we so much despise and so much to where we don't want to be nothing like them. Yeah. Um, and just as native yeah. people, it's like, you know, we have our values, we have our cultures. And unfortunately, like I said, if we didn't need money, pff, please, you know what I mean? I, That's the last, last thing I, I don't, and just being a businesswoman, I think anybody can say, okay, well, she might be money hungry or, you know, not that people say these things about me, but just being a businesswoman, I'm sure people mm-hmm. kind of have that kind of thought process as well. But I mean, at the end of the day, we can't function in this world without it until you give me the game plan to where I can leave happily and I can provide opportunities, not only for your kids and for you, let me know, you know what I mean? Like, then yeah. I think, I'll do that myself, but I don't want to break my back for to do something to get nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? If I can share what I have with the, those, with those I love by remaining true to my morals, my ethics, my values, my culture, then why not? Yeah. You know, 
But I mean, I'm an open-minded individual. So if it's like, I want to hear other people's, <laughs> at least I try to be. So it's yeah. like, I, I want to hear other people's kind of sides of things, especially when it comes to capitalism and just making, how do we go about making ourselves better, not better than, because we're not a competitive group of people, but how mm. do we make ourselves better without, without money? I don't really care about the power and all that other yeah. stuff. It's just like, hey, this is what we need, unfortunately. So how do I go out of my way to make sure, you know, everybody's needs are, are being met? Yeah. Have you um, often engaged in the exercise of thinking about what your days and your life might look like if money was not uh, a thing that you had to worry about? You know, like if, if everything was taken care of, do you engage in that at all? I don't because I feel like it just would break my heart to know that like, <laughs> I can't do this thing. But I can say this, I can say like, and that's what everybody says is they know that like my dad constantly calls me a workaholic. Even today, my aunt was like, you get your hustle from me. You a hustler. You a hustler. And I'm just like, I don't do the things I think of Michael Jordan or any athlete who says, you know, you know, we hate practice. It's the outcome of of what the practice brings. It's the game. It's the win. Oh my gosh. You know? Say that again. It is and the outcome of what the practice brings. Wow. Go on. And that's how I think about it. Like, yeah. and that's why I work so hard. Do I want to be having late nights and early mornings? Not that I, I mean, I try not to do those anymore, but I don't, that's not something I care to engage in is do I want my schedule booked up? Do I want to have to negotiate time with, you know, my personal time or my family time or my professional you know, work time? No, I don't want to be doing any of that. I don't want to yeah. have to have two phones. I don't want to have to answer. All, do I appreciate the opportunities? Of course I do. Do I appreciate, yeah. you know, the fact that people want to work with me the opportunities that I create of course I do but what it comes down to is entrepreneurs they live a whole another lifestyle that a lot of people can't handle and most we don't necessarily want that either but because it, it's the practice we're young you know mm -hmm. what I mean I want to yeah. be able to do all this now to where I don't have to work at all shoot even 10 years from now five years from now you know I want to mm -hmm. be able to be set up to where I don't have to think about money I have that mindset of nothing takes money. I can do whatever I want to do. It doesn't exist because my money's making money because of all the grind, all the practice that I put in that I'm younger right now for that yeah. future outcome. So that way, not only are, are my feet kicked up and I have a revolving bank account because I put so much work in that my family's feet are kicked up, you yeah. know, my community's feet are kicked up. You know, they're not worrying about things they always had to worry about. And so that's how I think about it is like yeah. going to get there, you know, but I have to play this, unfortunately, kind of white man's game in a way to show mm -hmm. that it is possible that to have black and brown people to have this lifestyle as well. You know, so that's how I think about it is like, I'll get there. But yeah. uh, right now, you know, unfortunately, it takes work for that for that to happen it can happen yeah. and it doesn't necessarily yeah. answer your question in terms of well what if money didn't exist if it didn't exist then great you well, know? not that it didn't exist that like you just didn't need it like that everything was set so like you didn't have to wake up in the day and put in the work in order mm -hmm. to get a paycheck you know like if money was not a concern if it wasn't a, a necessity in your day-to-day -day thing then what does your day look like what are the things that bring you joy how do you spend your time who are the people around you what settings are you in 
what activities do you engage in you know exactly like if, if money was not a concern uh yeah i think some people they don't even fathom that you know they don't really think about that and so in order for you have to think about that in order to create your game plan you know what i yes. mean you in order to strategize yes. you have to think yes. okay what if i could do anything i want to do Okay. Yes. And then you do the work, you make the phone calls, you do everything that you need to do, wake up, have those late nights, early mornings, answer those emails. So then that way you can do whatever you want to do, but you have to, you have to literally write down everything that you want as though if you had all the money in the world, it never ran out. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, yeah. that's kind of the mindset, I guess, that that I have to have, then that's what keeps me going. And so yeah. that way, you know, I can't, I can't kick my feet up, you know, I do the work now. So then later I can enjoy it, you know, and what that world will look like to me is just being with the people that I love the most as much as possible, doing the things that not only make me joy, but make, you know, I get joy of seeing people I love have joy. So I want to be yeah. able to hop on a plane and go wherever I want to go. I want to, you know, spy kids some food to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to do whatever I need to do to make sure, you know, my life is convenient, you know, and I'm getting the most out of life. We're put here to be happy. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I felt like, you know what? this just isn't for me. I'm happy working in nine to five by all means. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I don't ever knock people who work the nine to fives. I never knock the people who work so much harder than I feel like they need to be, but that's just my opinion, you know, and if they're happy, all power to you, all power to you. I would never try to knock somebody else's hustle, no matter what it is. Our end goal is is happiness. And if you're happy, shoot. I'm trying to get like you. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because it is, it's, it's such a great, it's a, it's a great exercise in order to help establish game plans because you can work backwards. You know, once you understand the things that uh, you would have in your life or that you want to have in your life, if money were not a variable, if it weren't a necessity on your heart that motivated a lot of that or, you know, influenced a lot of the actions that we had to carry out, you know, like if I didn't have to have any concern with money, then yeah, who would I, who would I want around me? How would I be spending my time? What would be the things that would bring me joy? Um, and it, it's really cool. Cause yeah, once you have those thoughts, then you're able to start working backwards and being like, well, these are actionable steps that I can take now where hopefully in this amount of years or this amount of whatever time it can compound into these uh these things that you want to see in your life you know yeah uh, so yeah i appreciate you saying that because yeah very much well, that's the thing is like, very much in the vein <laughs> well, that's the thing is like it is possible to live that way we shouldn't yeah. have to fantasize okay well what would that look like it shouldn't have to be a fantasy and the, and the, the fact is there are plenty of people that live that way just a lot of them don't look like you and i and it's like because yeah. we weren't set up with those resources resources to dream in that way and actually to make yeah. it a, make it a possibility we were set up to lose since we got brought here so what makes you think they're going to teach us how to how to dream and how to make those dreams come true within school systems. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So it's like, it's up to us mm-hmm. where it's like, it's up to us to kind of figure that out and pass that along. If, if, if that's, if that's possible and show them, Hey, this is how you invest. This is what you need to kind of tap into in order to make your money work for you. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just, they don't teach you the things you need to teach. And unfortunately, like I'm, I love learning, but I'm learning so much more now that I should have known a long time a long time ago and there's people right now who's older than i am 
who don't even understand the way my mind's trying to just grasp the way the world works right now and how much opportunity is just sitting right there in front of my face. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is grab it. But yet there's like, even my, even family members who are older than me that who come to me with different questions about business. And I'm like, only you knew how easy it was. I just found this out, you know? And so it's like, yes, I'm still learning, you know what I mean? But it's constant learners, constant students, you know, Yes, it's being able to pass that knowledge forward and it's time to do that, you know, so we can learn to live as a collective, you know, to where we don't have to worry about money. We can do the things we want to do because we're so smart enough on how to learn the game or, you know, just creating our own game, you know, and it's not even, it's not even about a game either. It's just, there's ways to get what you want in this world, you know, and it's unfortunate that we have to work harder than most to get it, but it's possible. And, you know, my whole goal is by the end of my life, I hope I made it easier for other people to get to where they want to be. You know, because all we've been in is a struggle. All my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents, we've always had to work that much harder. And, you know, it's time to start giving my ancestors those flowers by, you know, planting seeds in the future generations for them to bloom and grow and be their own flower. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Hopefully. I mean, we got a lot of a lot of people I feel like out in the world is black and brown people who are who are thriving right now, you know, and um. there's only going to be more. Yeah. Very (laughs) encouraging. Like uh, I I was, you know, chatting with uh, Daniel uh, just via Instagram, like the other week. Uh, And it's so cool what Daniel's doing with a K-I-Y-E down on, you know, voice of the Nimi (laughs) Poo, you know, on the radio uh, down on the reservation. And, uh, you know, just all of all of the people around us, you know, we've we've mentioned different names of people who are like within our circles, right, right around us. You know, these contemporaries who are out doing different things. Um, We've we've even had a few on the show uh, and hope to have more, you know, Uh, and it's so cool just looking around. And seeing that there are other people who are dedicated to making change and bringing progress. Like we all want so much healing and we just want so much betterness for our communities and for our families and for ourselves. Uh, And it's very encouraging to look literally to the left and to the right and, you know, have all of that within sight, just knowing, dang, we're all in here for this fight. Um, Wow. Not the whole you all those little (laughs) rhymes my bad uh uh, yeah no it's true though you know like we (laughs) like we we want it you know um and i guess that that's uh another thing for myself how i keep mentioning just like the individualistic mind so driven by ego like i'm you know i have these major goals that i want to accomplish you know then i think i have to do it by myself um yeah when i sit and i engage with other people i also just take the time to look at what others are doing or listen to what they're saying it's like oh you have the same thoughts too uh you have these same ambitions these same type of goals maybe not in the exact same iteration or expression yet it's all within the same theme and it's all working to move us into a better place uh and not better in a comparison to past yet you know literally working to constantly improve uh upon what we have and and what we are literally capable of creating yeah exactly and there's so much power in just 
asking questions. I can't give that. Like I can't, none of us are self-made. I don't agree with people who say I'm self-made because you wouldn't have one opportunity if one person didn't let you walk through their door. You didn't have one opportunity if this person didn't slide you this reference or, you know, whatever this, this contact. So it's like, ask questions. There's no, there's nothing wrong with not being self-made or not doing it on your own or not feeling so independent. I mean, you're not going to get as far as you can really get if you don't ask the questions you need to ask. There are, there really aren't any stupid questions in terms of like for furthering yourself. So don't ever hesitate to ask questions and shout out to Kakea Sabota because she messaged me and she was like, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to start. Basically she's doing her own like business thing off to the side. She's like, I was just wondering, how do you do this? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, this is, I love that. Just as you know, it doesn't matter what, there are no big or small questions. Just ask, Mm -hmm. just ask, you know? And I'm like, well, this is what I do. You know, I know there's other options or whatever. And it's like, she'll take that run and who knows, she'll even find something that works even better for her. But the point is she uh asked the question that got her started, you know, it goes to show you know hey i'm not alone there are other people doing this so and even when it comes to mental health i get a lot of people message me and say hey what books are you reading or i even had one amazing girl message me and say this is out of my comfort zone you know but hey i want to get you know i'm ready to get some things on track can you send me some of your books that you because i post quotes like highlighted quotes that from my like daily reads um she was just like hey can you send me some books? Like, and I'll send them right back. I was like, girl, I'm gonna send you all brand new books. Give me, <laughs> you're gonna highlight, highlight it up, do what you need to do. So it's like, it takes stepping out of your comfort zone and asking the questions that you know you need to ask to get you anywhere. And so it's yeah. like, that, 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 that goes so far and so big. You know, you're never too old to ask questions. Knowledge literally is power. <laughs> yes. Also, just like how encouraging that people are reaching out and looking uh, for assistance in in their own healing journeys uh, Mm. and how that is a prevalent thing amongst our generation or just within the times right now, you know, Mm. Um, because it's not even our generation. It's literally uh, the microcosm of our time, you know, this extended network of communication and this uh, greater awareness of the importance of mental health and the discussions. And then, you know, you add in the filters or the different levels of the different factors of, you know, historical trauma and, uh, you know, poverty and exclusion, uh, all the things that, you know, we experience as black and brown people within this country. Uh, and so like really, 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 um, intergenerationally, multi-generationally having these grand conversations about things that people have been experiencing and feeling for years yet, um, weren't necessarily provided the, the exposure and or amount of pathways in engaging in these conversations like we are now, you know? So like just even hearing that, like that a couple of people messaged, and, you know, it's only two or three, possibly, maybe even one yet. Yeah, that's still a lot. You know, that's yeah. a whole human being. Uh, and as we know, each person affects so many other people. Uh, again, because we're not individuals, we're not single organisms. We are part of a, a grander ecosystem um, and community and family, whatever it may be. Uh, so it's, it's so cool to hear that. And, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a, it's an awesome sign of, you know, just the 
revolutionary way of thinking um you know because we're, we're breaking down literal stigmas that we grew up with like we knew we heard this even in our you know being 80s 90s babies you know we heard the stigmas and you know all the things about therapy and talking about your feelings and man up or you know give it all to god or whatever the process is that negates the the opportunity to to really sit and synthesize and process through our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions in a very open and healing and communal way Mm -hmm. um things that were you know done pre-contact you know in in our community aspects uh you know I, i think of like the sweat house and like um how you know i want to find a reconnection uh with like a the sweat house and and like the community that's created within it, you know, because you go in there and you, you sing your songs and you pray and, and you commune with others. You talk about the things that you are experiencing in your family or things that you are hearing within the greater community, you know, Um, and people share, they, they release their heart and, you know, they, they support each other. They give each other confidence and they cover each other in prayer. And beyond that, they extend their thoughts and their prayers and their, their energy to, to create healing for those that are outside of what's happening in that moment, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and how beautiful of, of a space that is, you know, uh, and, and, you know, as I talk about, like, you know, this this journey towards Western forms of therapy, also really wanting to, like, focus on these traditional. Um, sure. Yeah. And, sure. and pre-contact ways of how we we had therapy, you know, and how we connected with one another. You know, I can only imagine, you know, like me being out with other young people within our village, you know, and being like, man, these things are kind of bothering me today or these things hurt me or whatever it may be. Um, you know, we lost a, a family member, you know, and, you know, thinking of how people would, you know, you'd, you'd be with your grandparent, you'd be with somebody, you know, and you would talk through these things where, you know, we've lost a lot of those disconnects in, in, in our modern society. And yeah. So like, you know, working to like really reestablish that as well, because, um, I guess the last part of it too is like understanding again that it's it's greater than us because then I think of like the chase for Western therapy. You know, it's like it's me sitting down with a therapist to work through my stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like in the example of the sweat house, it's me going into the sweat house and and the the Nespers legend of the sweat house itself is like giving of it, uh, giving of yourself for others. You know, like the yeah. animal people came uh, and and you know like Wawukia gave. Um, of themselves, elk gave of themselves so that Nititawit, uh, like the people, will have such and such thing. You know, Natsuch salmon gave of itself so that the people will have this. Uh, and then Wustatamo, like the the sweat house, gave of itself um, so that the people will have something. You know, so it's like entering into that space. It's also a recognition of being um, literally a part of a grander scheme. You know, it's not just me seeking therapy for me. It's like, how can I give of myself for others? Yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah. I think that's very important in terms of kind of just going back and understanding how our tribal people kind of handled certain situations. I think in terms of emotion and kind of self-analyzation, I think that, is very, 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 very important. 
Mm-hmm. I think the hardest part in terms of like the whole westernized therapy is it was a westernized lifestyle that made us need therapy to where it's like, <laughs> you know, my ancestors didn't have to deal with a lot of this stuff. This is a lot of heavy. So at one point, do you kind of have to step outside of your traditions or if there's even people like that to where it's like, hey, and there, and there should be to be like, this yeah. is how I handle my my problems, my issues, the way my ancestors did it. I think the only roadblock, and it's just being devil's advocate, is if like, if there are other people, or if there are people to obviously, they, they, most of us struggle because of the systems that were put in place against our group of people. So that's why I say it's very important to kind of find somebody that you feel relatable to, because I would and that kind of goes back into working this, learning the system to work the system in terms of black therapists, native therapists, Asian therapists, Indian therapists, you know, mm-hmm. being able to cater to your own by saying, I understand what you're feeling. And this is how I deal with Westernized civilization when it becomes too heavy. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that's kind of where therapy kind of comes into is having to deal in a world, deal, deal how am I want to word this, but basically function in a world that is kind of set up against you that doesn't really want you there in the first place. And yeah. I think that's the hard part and the very fine, fine line in terms of trying to get back into your, you know, your traditions that your ancestors went once kind of had with their um, self-actualization and um, personal growth, you know? And that's, I think that's the hard part is we all want to be able to go back into being a part of our traditional ways of life and how we handle things. But it's like Western civilization really has a huge kind of power punch to our chest where we don't really know how to deal with things because Mm -hmm. of that. And it stops kind of interferes with our happiness. But, um, but yeah, I'm definitely kind of more interested in just kind of understanding some of the things my own people kind of did in Mm -hmm. terms of, of course, the problems aren't the same is kind of basically what I'm kind of getting at. But, um, it'd be very, I don't want to say interesting because that sounds very, I don't know, like, <laughs> to say, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. definitely want to understand and kind of get to know those things because we're not taught that, you know, and a lot of the things in terms of our histories and some of our traditions and even our language, it kind of dwindles out because we don't have enough people to either tell us those stories or we don't have enough people to teach us those things. Um, but no, yeah, I like how you how you brought that up. Yeah. Have you made any steps in terms of trying to figure out, I guess, how to kind of like how our people handled certain things? Like have you have you made those strides into trying to, whether it is a sweat house or whether it is whatever, have you have you taken those strides into discovering what works for you through kind of our our culture? Uh I'm basically processing through like ideation phase right now. Um, you know, going through things. Another thing that like I, I really think about is uh, singing. Like I, I don't know any traditional songs. Like I, I can't sing. I, and I mentioned this before, you know, uh, and so I've used as a placeholder for a song, you know, current pop songs that I know. And I, yeah. I can I can sing a Beyonce song all the way through, you know. <laughs> um, and so I, so then there's been times where I'm like, OK, well, I, I can't do a traditional song as a prayer and as an, and as an expression and as an offering to the world. However, I can sing, uh, you know, Deja Vu or Love on Top or, yeah. you know, Crazy in Love, top to bottom. And if I sing it with a good heart and I sing it 
with the intention uh, and I'm singing it, you know, out in nature to, to these things, you know, it's, it's, it's one causing the, the actual vibration in my body, you know, so yeah. it's, it's generating that. Um, and then it's sending out the goodness into the earth, uh, in, into the world. Um, so I'm like, at, at this point, it's like, well, it's a placeholder for things that I want, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's another thing, you know, wanting to, to spend time with, uh, with my elders, uh, really, again, spending more time getting uh, grounded in the language and then learning these uh, traditional songs because they're not only uh, just a, a, a four verse song, you know, they're yeah. prayers uh, and and they're, they, you know, it, it's a power that's been, you know, shot out for generations that have covered us in prayer and protected us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that's like another factor, you know, really just uh, reestablishing connection uh, with multi-generation, uh, getting into traditional practices of, of song and prayer. And then, you know, even the forms of um, connecting with the land, you know, those are other forms of therapy, being stewards of our land, root digging, berry picking, uh, even hunting. Um, so like small steps uh, that I hope to like get greater and greater depth and knowledge and connection with mm-hmm. uh yeah you know very very important stuff and and especially just thinking you know because of our ever-growing world and this fast-paced internet connected uh existence that we have how easy it is to not spend the time learning and engaging in these things and at the exact same time you know hear me being in my mid-30s and looking to people um older than me and being like, oh my gosh, our time is limited. And, you know, regardless of age, our time is always limited, you know, because we never know um, what day, what time it may be that we no longer walk on this earthly plane in the way that we are right now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yet just that, that general con- consensus or that general understanding of like, okay, this is a lifespan. You know, I'm thinking like, man, there's, there's, um, you know, few elders to discuss, you know, um, or even like my grandpa's youngest brother is you know we celebrated his birthday uh like a month and so ago uh and uh you know i'm just like geez like uh you know you're you are so um well versed in knowledge and 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 prayer and song and all of this uh and you know here i've thought i've always had all this time to okay i can i can dedicate at some point this chunk of time to spend uh with you know my my great uncle my grandpa you know um yet now it's like oh my gosh like that time's getting smaller and smaller you know mm-hmm. um and so it it, it it becomes more pressing which you know it, it's always the case you know that's that's yeah. been the case for our, our parents and their parents with you know those that they saw before them um yet you know we also have this added filter of internet and and this in this huge leap in in human existence that wasn't a thing prior to the 90s early 2000s you know it's like this whole new experiment that like again we can't process it we can't measure it here in the moment because we're experiencing it and it's moving faster than than you know we can get a hold of or, or really track it and so like just working to hopefully not get lost in it and really hopefully step back and, and, and find those time, and those spaces to really honor traditional practices, uh, which really just comes down to sitting down with a person and actually taking the time to sit and engage. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. And then beyond that, another point that I want to make off of what you were saying a little bit earlier is, yeah, there, you know, there's things that we can't take back now. You know, we can't take back Western culture, society, these mindsets. We can't take back capitalism and these structures that we operate in. Um, and so then I think about that even on the healing side, going back to like the initial point, because um, that was one thing that I heard in um, Black Girls Own podcast, one of their episodes, um, where uh, this, uh, I believe she's a, a Buddhist, I can't remember the name, it, it's like, it's not monk and it's not priest, I can't remember the title, Moral is, um, she's a black woman and, and, and she's one of these, uh, and she's like one of the few, you know, and she was talking about gaining, uh, getting to that space. And she was like, you know, I was in all white yoga spaces. I was in all white, these spaces. Uh, and there always came that question of belonging and, you know, being in the space. And she was like, the thing that I really gleaned from her conversation was she was like, if there's healing to be had, let it be mine. Um, and so then I think about that. Yeah. So it's like, yes, I want to establish myself in traditional practices and really get back to uh, traditional ways of healing and, and finding our quote unquote therapy yet also, yeah. Then there's the Western therapy where like, it's this other way of engaging in conversation and analysis of past life and, and all this stuff. Um, so it's, you know, yeah, it's another form of healing. So it's like, yeah, if, if, if there's some healing out there, like, let me reach out and grab it, you know, mm -hmm. or even yoga itself, you know, that's not necessarily a traditional practice to our people. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, let me really grab onto that because it is another form of healing. If there's healing to be had, let it be mine. Mm -hmm. Um, For and sure. so then working to like integrate that into, into my life. And like, I've mentioned, like my yoga practice isn't like strict asana. It's not me just flowing from warrior one to warrior two to warrior three or whatever. I also like take times to like put in African moves. And I also take time to like, just shake my body or like put in like traditional, like powwow moves, you know, to get my heart rate up and to move my body, uh, and these other forms of movement and prayer, that are indigenous to my life and, and, and my composition of my body based on my ancestry, mm. you know? Um, so like taking other forms of healing and really bringing it in um, and not excluding from, from these different things. Um, yeah. So again, yeah. Like if there's healing to be had, like let it be mine. So then how that applies to other things, you know, like these other ways of, of reaching out and grabbing things that, are just now a part of our existence. Mm -hmm. um, and so then, you know, adding it to your tool set, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like and it. And there are no, there are no right, wrong forms of let's say therapy, just throwing that out to the public as to where yeah. it's like, Hey, whatever works for you works for you. And it's like, yeah. if you can kind of get back to your roots and establish yourself in that, I think that's very, very, very powerful, you know, but also the world has evolved since then. So it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily have to be the exact same practices. Like you were saying with singing, like, yeah, we've always sung, but right. This is what, this is the song that works for you, but you're still kind of maintaining your roots in your own way, you know? And I, and that's what I was, 
that was a part of the conversation I had yesterday with my mom. It's just like, it's just everything, you know, that's not how we were as people. There doesn't, I feel like a lot of colonization has made you have to have a label for everything. And this is right. And this is mm. wrong. And you know what I mean? And that's not yeah. the way the world should work or operate. You know, at least it doesn't for me, or I try not to, it's very hard to just kind of completely separate yourself. And that's the world we kind of live in. But I feel like people need to also understand that there are no, there is no right. And there is no wrong in terms of, especially your personal growth, whatever works for you works for you. And in what way it works for you. Like, like, like I said, our goal is happiness. So um, whatever you can do to kind of that, that works for you, make sure that you do it and you do it all the time. You know what I mean? Whatever brings yeah. you. Joy. So yeah, I kind of love that whole, I loved everything you just said. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank That's you. I appreciate that. Yo, you definitely struck a chord earlier when you were talking about uh, the practice and, and it, it is the continual practice that, you know, results in these outcomes, these, these great things, you know, really focusing on the work um, because that was a realization that I had uh, just the other day. Actually, I think it was yesterday. No day before yesterday. Uh, who knows? It could have been yesterday. Um, Cause uh, I, I, I had another like episode um, of like emotional distress and um, finding that I found uh, an ease in falling into uh, non-healthy ways of coping. And, and, and once I engaged in that, I was able to like, kind of calm myself down. And that kind of freaked me out because I was like, this isn't a healthy step that I'm taking yet in taking this step. That's low key kind of hurting me. Um, I also gained this random sense of control, which is taking a, it's, it's bringing my emotional heightened state down because i i've gained control in some other way yeah. even though it's not the healthiest of things you know sure. uh, and so then uh so then i realized that and i was like oh my gosh my and and especially in regards to like these past few weeks how my capacity to do so has uh really increased like i have gotten good at it because i have been practicing these unhealthy things um and so then that um was a huge eye opener for me. And so then, um, you know, today itself, I, I, I changed the entire way that I started the day. Um, and, um, I, I even realized last night in my yoga practice, cause I hit my, I hit my mat for the first time in a few weeks that like a, a simple, like I was in warrior two and like, I could barely be there for like three breaths. My legs were just like shaking and quivering, you know, where in other times when I had my yoga practice, like every day or, you know, a couple times a week, like I could be in a warrior two forever and just like flow through it and do all the things and stay there and, you know, be engaged. Um, yeah. I was like, yeah, again, like I haven't been practicing, practicing this thing. So I can't expect to just, have it and or be good at it if i'm not putting in the continual focus um even just bit by bit over time um so anyways yeah when you said that it, it really struck because like that that is uh like the theme that really emerged for me here in the last like 36 to 48 hours is where my practices are um, and so hoping to realign my practices in, in ways that allow me healthier um, modes of processing through uh, things. Because again, you know, in life, we're always going to be challenged with things. There's never, 
not going to be a time, come on, double negative, um, where you're not faced with obstacles, you know? So then I'm like, oh, I've, I have practiced unhealthy and harmful things and now I'm getting good at them. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, oh, well, where is your practice? And so, yeah, it's like having to, or it's an opportunity to pivot um, and shift my practices into healthier modes of, of, of working through things, you know? For sure. And I think, I mean, you're not obviously the only one who does that, but I feel like it's a way of just kind of numbing as opposed to dealing mm -hmm. with what you know you need to. And don't, I'm not throwing any shade. Don't get me wrong. No, 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 no. It's like, yeah. it's like I think that's why I know a lot of people. Imagine, I was like, we're done. No, <laughs> just flips the whole table. <laughs> you're like, I love myself. And recording. I'm joking. <laughs> but that's the thing is we love ourselves so much that we're going to love ourselves to death by not dealing what we need to deal with, you know? Know, we numb a lot of things and we separate ourselves from a lot of things that we know we need to deal with. But at the same time, sometimes we do. Sometimes we do know exactly what we need to hear. We knew we have the actualization. We have the accountability. But one of the things that is so hard in our growth pro progress is not not believing what other people have to say. The hardest part isn't, you know, trying to convince people of our side of things. The hardest part is is working to not believe ourselves. And basically what I mean by that is we beat ourselves up so much with our words. We lie to ourselves so much with our words. You know, when we are in those dark moments, we say this, we say that you're not worthy. You're not perfect. You should kill yourself. You, you know what I'm saying? The list goes yeah. on in so many different ways that we just, we attack ourselves and we know that we're lying to ourselves. So mm -hmm. I think like the the 80% of what we tell ourselves are based on lies, especially when we're in those vulnerable moments and we want ourselves to feel like crap, basically. So like I said, that's kind of the hardest part of the growth process is, you know, you shouldn't believe yourself. Don't believe yourself, especially within those vulnerable moments. But then it also expands, it spreads into other parts of our lives. Like the the parts we hate about ourselves is what we find in other people as well. So it's like who you hang around, the relationships you might be in, whatever. It's like some people are with those people because they know the insecurities that you have, or they don't know the insecurities that you have. So you allow yourself to be treated so terribly because you feel like you deserve it. You know, that person is a, could be a terrible person, but you feel like you deserve it because of the lies that you tell yourself. So, I mean, that, and that's a whole nother kind of conversation, I feel like, as well, in terms of just, you know, the, the, the seed it plants um, and how it kind of influences your life and other aspects. But it all kind of comes down to how much we beat ourselves up. You know, and we deal with a lot of things and we deal with a lot of people because we feel like we need to punish ourselves for something, you know? And so Ooh, read me then. <laughs> read me. I'm just no, I'm just I'm just saying just joking, it's like, yeah, we wrong. all do it. We're all guilty yeah. of it. You know, most people are. It's like you can act like you're the happiest person in the world, but you can't act like you don't have any emotions. We go through every single emotion within, you know, probably within one day, within one month, especially within my own year. We all have these same emotions and it never fails that, you know, we beat ourselves up in time in times we know we don't deserve it. Our gut tells us you're worthy. You work so hard, you're in the place you are, whether it's something 
something as simple as, you know, getting your own apartment for yourself or finding that job. You know, you did all those things because you know that you're worthy of these things. You know that, you know, you, you're, you have a purpose, but it's in our most vulnerable moments to where we wipe all of that away and our lie to yourself. Say, we don't deserve this. You don't, don't deserve them. You know, like the list goes on. So once you get to, you really know you've grown when you really can shut those things out and learn how to cope the way you need to cope to where it's where I said before, it's just get up and do something. You know, you know, like that's when I say the depression doesn't necessarily go completely away, but you find coping mechanisms in order to bring that, you know, get that joy back. You know, that devil tries to creep its way on your shoulder and, you know, you got to find ways to kind of, Hey, get off me. So I'm going to go ahead and go do this because this makes me joy, you know, and it's about habits as well. You know, it's about, yeah. you're so used to your, your trigger, you know, everybody knows what their triggers are. Yeah. So you have that trigger. Okay. You know, I'm going to go harm myself or I'm going to go make myself feel completely terrible because mm -hmm. I was triggered by this. No one can tell you what your triggers are. You know what your triggers are. So you have to change that. So it's like, okay, I notice when somebody says this word, or I notice when, you know, I didn't do something right. Those are your, those are called your triggers. Those things that kind of set you off, that tick you off, that light, that match, rather than doing what you always do. Okay. Instead, I'm going to try doing this. You know, it might not make sense to me right now, but if I make a habit into, you know, going for a walk or reading a book or whatever it is, calling my mom or, you know, going in the kitchen to cook this or do this, whatever your habit you want to create, doing yeah. that instead of the other thing, that's what kind of, you know, that's what kind of gets your wheels turning and things start to change and opens up and those flowers start to bloom and smell a little bit fresher, you know, and then yeah. that way, when you get triggered again, it's your natural instinct to go do that other thing because you've done it so much. So, but like I said, we just have to learn to not believe the lies we tell ourselves. Cause those is what, that's what really kind of takes us out, takes us down. All of that, <laughs> all of it, all of it. Uh, also being the, uh, the, that, the, the, the socially conscious, uh, podcast that uh we've been striving to be exactly. even through all of our imperfections as humans um i i wonder so i uh even with that word of the things that like make you um that spark uh an emotion or a reaction within you mm -hmm. um how do i approach this uh, I guess for me, I, I remember reading and, or it was like either a webinar or reading something about like the use of like the word and the verb of the thing that sparks, uh, those reactions, how, yeah. um, how for people who have experienced gun violence or any type of yeah. loss around guns, mm -hmm. um, or like an apparatus that uses, um, a that word you know yeah. um that like that it can be it can be what it, it, it is it, it, yeah it can cause that reaction for that person by hearing wow. it you know well it makes sense you know i never yeah. thought about it in that sense because i've never known anything else you know what yes. i'm saying like, okay, yes. well, give me another word and i'll use it for sure you know what yeah. i mean but, like that's what we're we're kind of known to to, to say and, and it's very shorthand and and, and, it, and it it brings it like when when somebody uses like the when they when they when they say that you know we understand exactly what you mean it's it's an event or a thing that's happening that's causing another thing to happen right yeah um 
yet uh, just by the sheer, um, you know, word arrangement of letters. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. By the word in itself that it um, also made uh, cause something for people who have um, experiences. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways. Yeah. I just, I just, I was thinking about that too. Or like, uh, again, how, like I talked about uh, earlier, like it was only like in the last like two years that I learned or that I put together that we could always, like, we could also lose our land just by simply losing out on blood quantum and, and running out as a people. Right. Like I never put that together. Um, this was another thing that I never put together until like really recently. Um, and so then, yeah, I just, I just wonder, and I think about that and I, uh, just wonder about the, the greater conversation, you know, um, on that and just like how, yeah. yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, right? I'm glad you brought it to my attention for, for sure. But like, I'm like, dang, what other, what else can, can I say, but challenge accepted? Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to try yeah. to find something else to say. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. it makes yeah. sense. You know, yeah, right. so even before you said it, I knew where it was going and I'm like, Shoot. Mm. you know what I mean? Like crazy. Well, see, even that word, that word, I, I try not to say that, you know, um, I'm like oh, wild <laughs> or like, oh, you know, um, because then it's like, it's not, it, it, it has these negative connotations with, you know, um, shorthand of somebody's uh, negative mental state, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I always grew up saying that, you know, when things are like laughy or anything like, you know, I'm like, oh, geez, yeah. that's crazy. You know, yet yeah, then I remember reading somewhere. It's like, oh, it's actually probably not the most uh, in not, I don't want to say intelligent, like emotionally intelligent or like a um, hair informed way of expressing. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only way I can think about it is kind of just changing it into a phrase by saying like the influence on influence on your emotions. I mean, that's, I guess that's mm -hmm. how I would probably word it. Like we all have an influence in our emotions and sometimes yeah. in the context, even though that's really long and I could have said a shorter word, you mm -hmm. know, by me saying that, you know, help somebody else, you know what I'm saying? So yes, that part, that's going to have to think about it. Well, thank that you. Part. You taught me something today. Kevin. Go off. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> very welcome. Uh -huh. Which, you know, it's, it's us coming back to our indigeneity because um, one short example, I, I went to the Indian horse or Indian uh, relay races a couple years ago. And uh, because it was a, it was a native event, you know, they started off with like honor songs and prayers and they did this whole thing. And I remember just like having to stand at this event um, where, you know, you're going, it's basically like you would think like a rodeo or like the literal horse races at any other place where you're going for entertainment. Yet, like mm -hmm. there was this whole section where it was like a half an hour <laughs> at the top where it's like honor songs prayer stand up for this elder they're gonna sing this the, the no, this song and they're gonna yeah. you know and it's like and it's a very native thing and i remember people there yeah. was a lot of like moaning and groaning around it yet it's also like indigeneity you know like exactly. taking yeah. the time to to speak through something taking yeah. the time to really formulate the the words even though there is a shorthand that we've gained um in these different ways of of, of westernizing you know just saying the one thing yet um it is kind of like a step back to honoring yeah we can slow down um and and give the grace to full expressions of of speaking uh in order to honor and and protect all of us around us you know yeah but that's the thing too it's like we're we're privileged in that way as well because there are so many other cultures who don't have that 
you know, that don't have their own culture in the way that we do that is deep rooted. And yeah, we can sit there, we can joke about it. We can say, Oh, here we go. You know, (laughs) do the same thing, but it's like, we're, but especially as native peoples and indigenous peoples, you know, we, we have those roots, you know? So it's like, in in a lot of ways, we're very privileged. We can sit there, we can joke about it, but it's very beautiful at the same time. You know, yeah. and we know it's beautiful, which is why nobody says anything. It's, right. You know what well, I mean? Also being like, can we hurry up? Exactly. <laughs> because I'm of our Western minds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, too good. Not to completely 360 this entire conversation, but before we go, I want to tell people to watch Pose because I binge watched that show in like two days Go and I'm absolutely in love with it. And I wanted to bring it up kind of throughout our talk too, <laughs> but I knew I was going to spiral off and just say how much I love it. But also it also contributes to, you know, it contributes to mental health and what I was saying with all these mm. things that are kind of set up against us it's a good show y'all go to netflix i know i'm late in the game but go to netflix and watch pose because it is an amazing have you seen it oh yes oh yes 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 yeah never late you know in the time that it's meant to happen let it cross your path because i i second what you're saying yeah and i'm not a crier when it comes to shows but your girl got a little steamy in the eyes it was a very 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 good show and i guess for those of you who don't know about it spotlights ballroom culture which now that's on my bucket list communities the aids crisis um it's very it it teaches you a lot of things make you laugh. you go through every single emotion in that show and that's how you know it's a good show you come out hating some people you come out loving some people and um, it's a very, very good show. So I'm ready for season three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Even though there yes. are three, but I'm yeah. Ready. <laughs> How dope! I didn't realize, man. Okay, yeah. Well, here that that's po- that there's a possible uh, future episode as, as talking about Pose because there is so much in there, right there. So you know, so good. You already brought up, and yeah, just the entertainment itself. Like you know, it plays all the jams. Yeah. You know, all the fashions. You get all the reads. Um, which are just uh, iconic and classic. It's it's amazing. Yes. How dope. Yes, I love me some. I'm the big fans now. I was like, okay, what else is MJ Rodriguez in? What else is Billy Porter in? Like, <laughs> I need yeah. to watch everything. And I'm like, oh, I love, I love, I loved it. I loved it. Yes. I, I'm one of those people, I'm like that meme. And it's like, after you finish a season, you're just sitting there like <laughs> hopeless. Like, where do I watch now? <laughs> and I'm one of those people, I'm like, should I? And the funny thing is, not to cut myself off, but like I completely like, I so I watched the whole thing. And uh-huh. then I realized, I'm like, I see like a clip of like the pilot or something. I'm like, I've never even seen this. What's going on? Is there like a hidden like episode? And I realized I didn't watch the very first episode. I started on the second episode. So it was, and I kind of liked that I did it this way accidentally. Wow. I watched the entire full two seasons. And then I wanted to watch the first episode because I didn't even watch it. And I didn't, I didn't, didn't even realize, but it was crazy watching the last episode and then going back to the first episode like oh this is where it all kind of started and this story now makes sense and it's like it's crazy like it's crazy to watch it like that and I'm like I might have to do that within that with other shows because it's kind of rejuvenating to be to make you really proud of 
everything you just watched. So. Yes. <laughs> but, um, Come yeah. on, talk about being native, doing something in a circle rather than in a straight line. Look at you. <laughs> just reclaiming yes. and decolonizing, even in, exactly. even in your binge watching, <laughs> even in your entertainment. Go yes. off, Michaela. <laughs> no, no. Well, you're you're watching Pose and, and I've been catching up on uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. I'm now like deep, Oh, how deep far are you? Three. Last time you were just on the first season. You made Yeah, I'm three. I'm like season three, like episode like thirteen or fourteen. It's yeah. trash TV it and is. like I've finally gotten over myself. Um, because you know the first couple of seasons, I was like, "Really, Kellen? This is where you're gonna spend your time?" <laughs> and now I'm far too invested, and I'm like, "I gotta make it to season six. Uh, yes. So it's great that you're you watching <laughs> good hearty stuff, and I'm watching trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Monique, yeah, Monique came in. Oh, yeah. Um, you like me so far? I mean, Giselle's I, a hate love relationship, more ooh. hate than love, but <laughs> she's messy. not get me started, especially on air. I, I can have an off air conversation about the name you just mentioned. Um, I don't know that I can put that on wax or well, I guess this isn't wax. Yeah. It's all digital yet <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah i'm with uh candace monique uh karen robin ashley giselle uh in season three i think that's the cast right now okay that's everybody pretty much yeah. there's, there's gonna be one more coming later but um that's later yeah so, so you are watching good enriching stuff and for you guys <laughs> <laughs> right i mean uh, how can you not have a conversation i feel like everybody i speak to like especially if i haven't spoke for a long time it's always okay what are you watching right now like oh yeah it's oh, the yeah. pandemic I mean, somebody's watching something <laughs> right. yeah and especially beater central you know like you said oh, always exactly. having something on you know especially exactly. when you're sitting down for a long time working on something it's like it's easy days to plow through a, a, a show whether it's a podcast or a movie series whatever it is yeah, yeah. And i always easy feel days. so like talking to other people about tv and they're just like oh i don't really watch tv it's just like dang you make me sound lazy but it's like when you're a beater you don't just sit in a you know room full of silence with nothing on so it's like i oh fly God. through different shows but imagine uh, beating with nothing on around you that's scary like, like something like you're mentally unstable like music <laughs> podcast something yeah no like, you're you probably need to go to a psych ward because that's a, that's a little much and imagine i honestly can't i mean i don't mind maybe like 30 minutes especially if yeah you in your mind or something but just sitting in a room silenced for like out for six seven hours at a time no exactly multiple days in a row Ooh, that's a lot yeah 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 <laughs> anyway. oh well i appreciate you so much again thank you for all thank the gems you. You, you share and i'm super excited to actually listen back to this one uh, i have like a really great feeling and, and like i have told you before it's always cool going back and listening because yeah we're engaged in the conversation and we hear the things yet when you go back and listen sometimes you really hear the things yeah uh, and that's so, the thing yeah it's like people really are just like they, they're listening to us getting to know each other. But I feel like we've gotten to to a point to where it's just beautiful how we can just naturally like we didn't even talk about anything. Like it's funny on our like, agenda of the world. We text each other. What do you want to talk about tomorrow? OK, I was thinking about this. We can't always have a list full of things. I'm like, bet that's what we're going to do. And then I might have my little notes off to the side. I didn't even touch my notes. I didn't even touch Nothing. anything. And so it's like this is all just raw, natural conversation. It just flows. But I yep. think that's 
that's what makes us really special too, is that we can flow for this long and even longer, but um, we want to spare you guys. Exactly, exactly. but it's yeah, a good promise I, of the future, you know, that we we exactly. just continue to have stuff to talk about. And, um, you know, it's it's an enjoyable process. It is very, very enjoyable. So And one that I'm thankful for. Cuts you out, y'all. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. As always, it's a pleasure to be here with my crew, simply talking our Black Native talk like we do. There's a whole lot more for us to discuss, though, so stay locked in. You can check out our episodes on quantumtheorypod.com and feel free to send in any topics, questions, or small business shoutouts to our socials, and you might just hear us discuss it on air. Our IG handle is at quantumtheorypod, and you can also find us on facebook.com backslash quantumtheory. So be kind to yourself out there, know that you're a boss, and drink plenty of water. Kotskiya See you next time.